On today's Locked On Texans podcast, what went wrong versus the Carolina Panthers that led to the 15-13 loss on Sunday? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you to all of our new listeners. If this is your first time listening to the Locked On Texans podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, John Sports Scott Hickman, and of course, joining me as always is the other host of the Locked On Texans podcast, your Sports Illustrated's own credentialed media member that covers the Houston Texans every day, Cody Davis. We got to look at this game on Sunday. How bad is this loss in hindsight? We're going to look at what went wrong for the defense. We're kicking off today's show looking at what went wrong with the offense. And, Cody, before I hand it right over to you, I think that for Houston, 15, 13 points, excuse me, wasn't enough. Uh, also yeah. considering this is a defense that allows 18 second-half points through eight weeks. Um, and I also think that when we look at Bobby Slowick just getting in his own way once again, um, there was a drive for Houston where – Houston was able to go down there and score on the the first touchdown when Andrew Beck punched it in. You saw Houston go out there. You saw CJ go four for four on third downs for 54 yards. And you saw Houston do a couple of things. Number one, they got the ball out quickly. Um, and by the way, that passed Noah Brown and split. The oh, my goodness. Uh, CJ Stroud, <laughs> the anticipation and accuracy, on, and accuracy on that pass was phenomenal. But you saw them get the ball out quickly. Uh, on that drive, and you saw Houston attack the edge of the Panthers' defense. Uh, so that was the issue, I think, moving forward. You had a perfect drive there. But then it wasn't consistent enough throughout four quarters. Well, there are several things that went wrong on the offensive side of the ball for the Houston Texans. However, I think it's more so a portion of it had to do with C.J. Stroud looking like a rookie quarterback for the first time and probably even more so than their season opening loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I do want to mention this. I don't know, was it because of the offensive game that Bobby Slowick called or was it due to the inefficiencies of the offensive line? Because the offensive line did give up two sacks, and they gave up also a handful of hurries. However, when you look at C.J. Stroud, he had a season low 140 yards. He seemed like he was out of sync with his offense, and it seemed like the offense was out of sync with him. However, John, when I look at these two scenarios as to why C.J. Stroud played pretty bad in this game, I'm going to have to give the credit to the offensive line. And the one thing that I'm looking at is the time of throw that he had against the Carolina Panthers. Sunday, he finished with the fourth fourth fastest time to throw with 2.5. That's saying a lot because the one thing that I go back when you look at C.J. Stroud. Last week, remember, I asked him, what is something that you want to improve on for the remainder of the season? And he said, going through his progressions and going through his reads better. As an offensive line, you want to make sure you give your quarterback 
as enough time as possible to make sure you go through your read and progressions, especially for a rookie. Once again, against the Carolina Panthers, 2.5. Over the last four games, when we were sitting here looking at C.J. Stroud put on some of the best stretches of game for a rookie quarterback, 3.1. That is very telling as to where C.J. Stroud was against the Carolina Panthers. It's part of the reason why we're sitting here asking ourselves, what went wrong with the Houston Texans offense? And I don't know if Houston prepared for Brian Burns or not, but he had a, a, a major impact on that defensive line for the Carolina Panthers, and I think that that threw off that offensive line because I don't know they weren't expecting for him to play. Uh, <laughs> he was playing, and then he had a good game for Carolina, which I think overall helped that pressure to uh, that the Carolina Panthers put on CJ. I also want to point to the run game for a second. I knew you was. And you know I was. <laughs> And it, but but the, it goes back to Bobby Slook. Listen, before the season, what was it? What was the um, the, the they wanted to be a a tough team offensively, and they wanted to run the ball. They wanted to establish the run. Mm-hmm. While Houston did rush for over one hundred yards on Sunday, three point seven yards per carry. Uh, Damian Pierce twelve carries for forty six yards, three point eight. Devin Singletary ten carries for thirty yards, for three yards per carry. It just doesn't work. It's a, it, it, I feel like when I'm when I look at Bobby Slow guys, and, and here's my critique of Bobby. Bobby has called a great second half versus the Indianapolis Colts. That was the game where Houston was trying to come back towards the end. Mm-hmm. He called an amazing game versus the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he called a very good game versus the New Orleans Saints. And I, when I look at Bobby Slork, it's not the games that he calls where it's like, oh, you're doing great right now. It's the games that when Houston loses and it's on the offense, I look at the decisions from the play caller. So going back to yesterday's game, Sunday's game, listen, we saw Bobby call a perfect drive. Get the ball out quickly. Let's attack the edge. Whenever they got Tank Dale on the outside, and by the way, the shiftiness of Tank Dale, I want to see a little bit more jet sweeps with him, by the way, because that was just the whoop. So you saw him do that in the game and then not do it again and then revert back to what you initially wanted to be when the season opened up when you thought that the offensive line was going to be better at run blocking, when you thought that your running back situation was going to be better than what it is. Why continue when you, we've seen you put the ball in the best player's hand offensively right now, which is your rookie quarterback, why continue to move away from it? Why continue to take the ball out of his hands? Why continue to force something that as of right now is probably one of your worst attributes as a team offensively, which is running the ball? Why continue to do that? Now, granted, going into this game, that was okay to be the game plan kicking it off. Why? The Carolina Panthers were one of the worst rush defenses in the league, especially when you look at attacking them on the edge. So you saw them do that a little bit with some of the jet sweeps and getting their running backs out, getting the running backs out. But when that's not working consistently and you're going into the second half with a one-point lead, against one of the worst defenses in the NFL. You got to look and say, what happened when we won those three games? 
what was going on when we were able to put up 30 points in back-to-back games. And, Cody, what was happening was C.J. Stroud was out being able to go out there and put those points on the board. Granted, of course, this is a collective fight for everybody. Nobody's just a one-man show. So I'm not putting it all on C.J. But the front man for those 30 points back-to-backs was C.J. Stroud. The front man for those three games that the Houston Texans were able to win was C.J. Stroud and his ability to lead a team down to the, to the red zone. And I think this is why I'm looking at Bobby Slaughter. Uh, by the way, Jerry Patterson, we should have opened up with this. Jerry Patterson was carted off the field, so that's unfortunate. Now the immediate thought is, okay, when are the two scrubs coming back? That was a thought for me before the injury, but again, the injury bug hits the Houston Texans offensive line once again, and now I'm looking at Juice Scruggs. But overall, I, I put this on. I put this on Bobby Slaughter. I don't think there's no way around it. This team only scored 13 points against a team that allows 18 points in the second half. One of the worst defenses is not, if not the worst defense in the NFL. And when you had an opportunity in that second half to maybe. Extend the lead, you went out there and you kept trying to force the run. I thought that he was playing super conservative. And I think that during the bye week, the preparation should be called in question. And I don't know how much that they thought that the Carolina Panthers would be able to stay in this game. Um, it, it, late in that second half, I thought that it was, it was supposed to be CJ's time, and it wasn't. So our partners over at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On NFL uh, fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. So whether you're prepping for a daily draft or if you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's go ahead and check out who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy picks of the week. Now, I got to give this guy some love because he's been doing pretty good for my team. The Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne has been reestablished as the top target the past three weeks with Mac Jones, who's been struggling, but Kendrick Bourne has been playing some good football, catching 19 of his 22 total targets for 188 yards and two TDs. New England's passing game has been revived, and Kendrick Bourne has been the biggest beneficiary as the team's top outside target. He should stay hot in a nice matchup against the Commanders uh, secondary at home in Week 9, one that mightily struggled against the Eagles receivers on Sunday. They had a tough day. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. He's helping me win my fantasy championship. He's helping all of us win our fantasy championship, get those bragging rights. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, head roof, uh, roof racks, excuse me, bumper, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guarantee Fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Monday installment of Locked On Texans. The Texans fell to three and four on the season, following their 15 to 13 loss to the Carolina Panthers. In the first segment, we looked at what went wrong with the offense. Now we're going to look on, look over at the other side of the ball and take a look at what went wrong for the defense. And for me, it goes back to what I said on the crossover show. Do not let Bryce Young get confident. And that's exactly what took place, especially in that second half. Bryce Young, regardless of how bad he and this Carolina offense was playing through the first six games of the season, the one thing about Bryce Young, he was the number one overall pick for a reason. and He was the top quarterback prospect coming into the draft for a reason and he did a pretty good job showcasing that potential against the houston texans he finished with a season high 235 yards he was 22 of 31 and it's a little bit more frustrating because the one thing that you and i and a lot of people have been talking about especially coach D'Amico ryan's and defensive coordinator matt burt is they want to record more sacks john the texans defensive line did a very good job at getting Six. after getting after Bryce Young, knocking him on the ground six times, and and I and I lost track of uh, of how many pressures that they had, especially in the first half. But it was a good amount. But I just hate knowing that because they allowed Bryce Young to get comfortable and find confidence. It's part of the reason why we're sitting here today with a two point loss to the Carolina Panthers. I think um, I don't think nothing went wrong for the defense. The defense held a team to 15 points. The defense got after the quarterback, John Grenard, Monster Day, two and a half sacks. Uh, they took Will Anderson's sack back, but I think the play of Will Anderson allowed some of the inside D tackles to kind of, you know, flourish on Sunday versus the Carolina Panthers. Uh, penalties. Is where I think went wrong. And, and, and now I'm looking at, okay, yeah, we kind of need Derek Stingley to come back, right? I, I thought Shaq Griffin has filled in pretty good for Derek Stingley since he's been out as your CB2, Steven Nelson, the CB1. But now you want to see Derek Stingley come back. That's I think what I would today. say what went wrong for Houston's defense is in the second half, uh, primarily in that fourth quarter, it was on the field a little bit longer than what you would want them to be on the field. And I think that goes back to Houston not being able to sustain drives offensively. When I go back and I look at what Houston was able to do offensively in the fourth quarter, two punts, 10 total plays, um, roughly five minutes. And I look at Carolina, uh, they did have a punt in the, in the fourth quarter. But they held the ball for eight minutes. And with Carolina holding the ball for eight minutes, that and it was in and it was in situations where the offense was moving quickly. I think at that point the defense was gassed. The uh the Texans lost the overall total time of possession after winning it at halftime. But I don't have a problem with how the defense performed Sunday. I don't have a problem with the game plan, you saw Jalen Petrie get involved, coming off the edge and making plays. I think that if I were to point to something, the Houston Texans had six sacks. 
there was an opportunity for them to have maybe four. But Bryce Young is just – what I saw from Bryce Young Sunday versus the Texans is the same thing I saw from Bryce Young last last year on a Saturday versus Texas. And that is his elusiveness in the pocket to be able to make plays downfield. I thought that there was times where he escaped the sack. And because of that, once that initial pressure did not affect him like the Texans wanted to bring him on the ground, get him on the ground, of course, he was able to make a play downfield here and there. And I think that is what, if I could point to what went wrong for Houston, it was the sack opportunities that they didn't get. Bryce Young was able to break out of the pocket and make a play down the field and also look at the time of possession and some of those penalties that I think hurt the Houston Texans helping the Carolina Panthers advance the ball. So I think that for Houston defensively, I give them a B plus. I give them a B plus. You hold a team to 15 points, uh, 12 through four, three quarters and uh, 13 minutes. I know for 14 minutes and 58 seconds. Right. Um, and Tavia Thomas tried his best at the end of the game to get a blocked field goal to be the hero. Uh, but two penalties later, didn't work out. It just – some of the small things that I think hurt the Texans throughout the game just became big at the end. And one of them was just the opportunities that they had on Bryce to bring them down. But you hold a team to 15 points, 12 for four quarters. I can't blame you. So some of us on Sunday – and tonight, Monday Night Football, we're going to be watching football. We're going to look at the refrigerator. And we're going to say, there's nothing in there for me to eat. I'm hungry. I've had a long day at work. I want to relax, eat some wings, and watch some football. But you don't feel like getting in your car. This is where DoorDash comes in. DoorDash makes it easy for you to get what you want whenever you want it. At your door. Did the game go to timeout? Time to order with DoorDash. Is it halftime? Time to order with DoorDash. Whenever you're running home late, you want to hurry up and get to the game before kickoff, go to the DoorDash app. But right now, get 50% up off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKED23, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, again, get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Download the DoorDash app today, right now, and enter code L-O-C-K-E-D-23. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Locked On Texans and this one, we, we got to take a look. And look, I know it's early, John, but I feel like the little hope that we did have of the Texans going on a quote-unquote playoff run, oh, I think this is where this game hurts the most. Because, look, I understand it. The Texans was just 3-3. Three and three. You were just right at 500. But it was just when you look at how easy – potentially how easy the rest of the the rest of the season was how well the Texans were playing heading into the bye week you got the play from CJ Shaw you just felt just if everything go right look I understand I understand it with 11 games left 
you, you the Texans wasn't going to win all 11 games, you know. But knowing that at the time of this loss, there was only one game out of the wild card spot, it was like this was a must win for the Texans. I get it, I understand it, ladies and gentlemen. It's only week eight, but this is one of those losses to where at the end of the season, given the shakeup of the standings and scenarios, and we know how crazy those scenarios can get. I think come end of December, we'll be looking back at this game, saying to ourselves, if only if the Texans had won that game against the Carolina Panthers, they will be in a much better situation. I'm not giving up because you got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming inside NRG Stadium on Sunday. However, and look, Buccaneers, they're going through a funk as well. However, I think their playmakers are a lot more dangerous and a lot more experienced than what the Texans face inside Carolina on Sunday. I think this game and the and the and the uh, Colts game, we'll look back and say this is the one that got away. Not and too I, much I, the Colts. I, I, I say that because that was a winnable game. So was Sunday, the Panthers game. Um, th- I thought that Sunday's was the worst performance from the Houston Texans. All things considered, on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I thought it was one of the best. Um, by the way, Houston needs to go ahead and get started on re-signing John Grenard. Um, <laughs> he had a monster game. And Malik Collins had a good day for Houston. Two sacks. Um, my man, my man um, Jay Barrett, was telling me before the game this was going to be a um, – Malik Collins game and he and he went out there and he, he performed well for Houston. This is the game that yeah, when we're doing our season wrap up, like, yeah, they could have just won that Carolina Panther game because that would have put Houston at four and three. Right now, you know who has the seventh wild card spot? Who is that sits at four and three? Indy. No. Y'all boy. Deshaun Watson and them Cleveland Browns. Well, don't say Deshaun because Deshaun ain't playing. <laughs> he ain't playing. But the Cleveland Browns right now sit at seven, with sitting at four and three. So Houston, that you know, and then Houston has to play the Cleveland Browns, so it could possibly come down to tiebreaker. So it's it's games like Carolina where you look at this mm. team and you say, well, you're young, the inexperience is showing not only with the players but also with the coaching staff. Again, going back to Bobby Slug because I think defensively. They did what they needed to do, holding the team to 12 points through four quarters. This was the game where you look back and say, man, we had to win that game to give ourselves a shot. And to your point, uh, Cody, the, the Buccaneers, who aren't the greatest team in the NFL right now, not one of the best, uh, I believe that they're maybe leading the NFC South division, but that entire division isn't good. But this is a game where now you got to follow up going against a better, more ex- experienced team. And now you want to see throughout this week. What do you want to see this week? You want to see Derek Stingley back. Because now they got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to worry about. Mm. You want to see an update, a possibility of getting Juice Scrubs out there. Because now you got a team that can, you know, hurt you stopping the run as well. Um, you want to and you and you want to make sure that you got the best pass protectors out there that you can for your quarterback. You want to see some of these things fall in place now that you're going into this week because that's what you wanted to see coming off the bye. Now you're going up against a tougher team with more experience. 
and the likelihood of you winning this game is a little bit harder than the likelihood of you winning against an 0-16 that you should have won against on Sunday. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the Locked on Texans podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked on Texans podcast on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. Give me a follow uh, on X slash Twitter, on Twitter slash X at John underscore Hickman 12. And continue to listen to us throughout the week as we continue to talk Texans here on Locked On. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.